This is Gresh and Fourier. Dimitri Orlov shoots and scores! The Flames gave away the ice, and Orlov takes it for his first goal as a Bruin. Orlov scores his second! Dimitri Orlov has four points in the last four periods. Marchand to Bergeron, McAvoy scores! They pull one out of the... Rabbit's hat, Linus Holberg stood on his head, 54 saves. Andy Gresh. You constantly hear about wide receiver one and the need for that player. I like the geometry of the pass-catching group. You know, the Patriots neither had a slot nor a third down back last year. That's totally unpatriotic. I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better, and so trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. They want a receiver. Go find your own, you know. Christian Fourier. I interviewed Matt, so there was a number of reports. Yeah, he, he, he was he's outstanding. I've known him for a long time. We've practiced against the Patriots. I think he's extremely talented. He's a guy that I think he's they've won five Super Bowls while he was calling defensive defenses. I was 100% wrong. Gresh and Fourier right now. Christian, yo, since we'll probably have some time there at the place, I will outshoot you left-handed. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. On WEEI. Final hour, Gresh and Fourier here on this Wednesday. 104 is the time. Jones and Mego coming up at the top of the hour here on Boston and New England's Sports Original WEEI. Bruins were winners in Calgary last night. I do believe they are uh, on the way home right now. Stayed in Calgary last night after a 4-3 overtime win where uh, Charlie McAvoy was the guy who scores the game winner. Uh, That one comes in OT. Four seconds left in overtime. Dimitri Orloff with two goals and an assist. Red Sox baseball underway on Sister Station, 8.50 a.m. Red Sox continue spring training, so you can uh, hear that over on 8.50 a.m. And tonight, the Celtics host Cleveland in foyer. Sneaky big game. Cleveland's had success against the Celtics. Celtics are now the number two seed, just a half game back. Oh, this is where the pressure comes in, Greg. Do you you think we end up seeing a little different sense of urgency from the Celtics tonight? Not only because they are behind Milwaukee, even though, what, percentage points? Half a game. Half a game. But Cleveland beat them twice this year. Yeah. No, I feel like this is your uh, dark horse candidate to kind of create chaos during the playoffs. I feel like that's your team. Uh, not Philly, nobody else. It's going to be Cleveland. And Donovan Mitchell has had a MVP caliber type season. He won't He won't get very many votes, if any, but yeah. he's been great for them. Well, see, I don't feel like, I don't feel like there's this... I think Donovan there will be. I, I said Donovan Mitchell, right? Not Malcolm Mitchell. You did not say Malcolm Mitchell. That's I know a fact. because I said Malcolm Mitchell before. I was getting confused, but anyway. Well, you know. Uh, so no. I would say, okay. So are they playing with urgency? Are they? Are they? Uh, are they at the point now since uh, the Bucks are after their fifteenth win in a row? Mm. Okay, they win without Giannis. Giannis comes back and then he goes even nuts. So they've won 15 games in a row. They just beat the Nets. Should be riding that money line. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Talk about trends. Are they, I mean, I don't see them, like, playing tight. I don't see them being. Who, the Celtics? Yeah, it's like, all right, so there's enough games left. They still have a head-to-head against the Bucks. They're not at the point now where they need to panic. I guess that would be the case. 
But now what you're starting to see, and if if we all agree that they follow you know, the mothership and they follow all these other platforms, that they're watching the headlines, suddenly the new headline for the Celtics, Gresh, is Celtics under the most pressure to win. Jason Tatum under the most pressure to win. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. Is he, is he not, is he not? But the fact that that, it's like they waited for the Celtics to kind of the lose the best record in the NBA to start putting extra pressure on them uh, and a sense of urgency, right? Because that number one seed is so important. Well, there are a couple things in play. Number one, Milwaukee's already won. So some would say, eh, you don't have to sense urgency. Giannis has at least one ring. You figure he would get another one. Kevin Durant's out of the East now. Brooklyn's a completely different roster. And when you look up and down the Eastern Conference, you see Boston, you see Milwaukee. Who is the team that's really on the spot? It's Philadelphia. They got Fatty Harden. They got Joel Embiid, who's an MVP candidate. They have a coach who's done it, but hadn't bring him there. I, I really think that if you're looking at the Eastern Conference now that has changed after the trade deadline, yep, the Celtics are probably number two behind Philadelphia on the the time is now meter. See, I think it's I, I don't I, I think they're an afterthought. Who? The Philly. Oh, listen. I, they feel I don't, like I don't, hey, we did this last year. I don't we did disagree, this the year before. But wait till the narrative starts. When the playoffs start, it will be can Philadelphia find a way to crack the code of either Milwaukee or Boston in the Whoa, postseason. There'll be a lot of focus on that group because if Philadelphia doesn't break through this year, I don't know what more they can do to the roster other than finding somebody that just wants to trade away another petulant superstar that doesn't want to be in the low cow. Well, see, at. that's why I'm like, you know, Joel Embiid, after the loss they took the last time with that, uh, was, was like, hey, this is not even a rival. We always get our ass kicked. So I actually I love Embiid. No, he's I've, got a football he's player's mentality. He has. He's yeah. actually grown on me a little bit more. I think he's yes, and he's got a unique sense of humor, which I think uh, a lot a lot of people appreciate. Let's not make this something that it isn't. We get our ass kicked. We've trusted the process. We were suppo- They were talking about the Sixers like two years ago. I was remember watching the same headlines. Most pressure. People have kind of walked away. The next in line for most pressure is the Celtics. Uh, new coach, Jason Tatum, is now a superstar. Uh, you went to the NBA Finals last year. That you lost mm-hmm. against a veteran team that has won multiple championships with a, with a bunch of guys that will be Hall of Famers and a Hall of Fame coach. So, yeah, we kind of understand you not being able to close that out. Now they're cooked. They're done. They're not a threat in the West. The h- toughest part is getting out of the East. And Milwaukee, sure enough, with all their issues, with all their injuries – have won 15 in a row, and have now taken the lead. So the Celtics will get Cleveland tonight, then Brooklyn on Friday, then the Knicks again on Sunday. Then on Monday, March 6th, it's back at Cleveland, uh, and then you keep looking down the list, and that's it. So the series against Cleveland is going to get closed out here, and then I know a lot of people are looking towards March 30th and that game at Milwaukee, but you know what, Fourier also mixed in? is a a long road trip for the Celtics. Uh, Saturday, March 11th, they play in Atlanta. They wrap it up Tuesday, March 21st in Sacramento. So they're going to have a 10-game road trip where they go to Atlanta, Houston, Minnesota, Portland, Utah, Sacramento, and the Portland-Utah is back-to-back. I mean, that's a pretty gruesome run 
So I know that we're focusing on the Eastern Conference, but the Celtics still have to keep the eyes on the prize and also realize there's a tough chunk of the schedule coming up where, yes, I'm glad you said that. Because Atlanta isn't great, but you still got to respect them. Houston, not so much. Houston's got night off written all over it. And then, of course, with the back-to-back situation on the 17th and the 18th of March, guys are going to be sat down for different reasons anyway. So you know at least two games on that road trip, you're likely to not have your full complement of guys. But you still got to go on the road and win, and then you got that big road trip, and then you come back, and a couple games later, you got to crank it up on the road at Milwaukee once again. Yeah, no, I'm all about uh, closing it out. I feel like that's You're... part of the. I feel like that's part of the unfinished business kind of list of things to do. I feel like closing it out, getting the number one seed. I feel like that's part of it. I feel like they've kind of climbed the ladder and they've they've had all these achievements. And for years, it was like ah, oh, Eastern Conference Finals, all that stuff, and you couldn't get out of that. And then you finally broke through the ceiling. Then you play against one of the most successful franchises in basketball, at least over the last, you know, 12 years, I would say with Golden State, with all the success they've had. Um, And then you fall short with them. So I would say closing it out, finishing it, marking and checking each box, I think is important. I think it's all goals that they have all verbally announced collectively as a group. That's what I would say. Let's get this thing. Let's make sure we close. Hey, guys. Let's not take our foot off the accelerator. I mean, because I think, uh, what is it, Philly's about four and a half games back. Cleveland's about six and a half. I don't know if I got that right or not. No, let me go to standings right here. I, I think got they're, it. I think, that's, uh, I think I'm pretty close with that. Uh, the uh, Philly is four back of the Celtics. Yeah. Cleveland is six back of okay. the Celtics. And obviously the Celtics are a half game back of Milwaukee for number one overall. Yeah. So, I, I listen, I know we had Steve on. Chairman, CEO, all around good guy, Steve Pagliuca, the, uh, you know, uh, the, I guess chairman of the board. Chairman of the basketball committee. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, talking about how number one <laughs> guy's got so many damn titles. He does. Uh, he didn't even know it for God's sake. No. Uh, he says, you know, it's, it's important, but it's like, it, they're not worried about it. They have such a good road record. That there's like, ah, you know, we want it, but if we don't, we're not going to freak out. Well, I guess there is, and I I just looked up the 03 and then the 04 Patriots, and you went 14-2 and two both years. Yeah. Because there was one of those years where you weren't the number one seed. Yeah, 14 and 2. Yeah, the Pittsburgh year, right? One of those years, you are not the number one seed. So I've, I'm just thinking about it in terms of, is the number one seed, like how much of this is your upbringing? But because you brought this up a week ago about the Celtics and the number one seed and closing it out, but it's also the world you grew up in, in the NFL. And I know that whether you were the number one or the number two seed back when you played, you each got a bye for being number yeah. one or number two. Yeah. Now they made the number one seed that much more important because the bye week in the NFL really truly does mean something. They don't have that in other sports. But considering the Celtics weren't the number one seed last year, and they did have to go play important games on the road, even though they did make the NBA Finals. I guess there would be that sort of next step of, okay, you cemented yourself as the top team in the conference in the regular season. Again, I just keep going back to with all the rest and the load management and guys getting injured and things like that. I don't think we truly get everyone's best shot during the regular season. However, 
it is easy to see that Boston and Milwaukee are clearly the two top teams in the East, and then everybody else kind of fills in from there. Yeah, that's well, why because, I'm not as freaked out. By well, because it. you're right. Because but, the 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 playoff structure, like the seedings and the when the games are played, each team is getting the same amount of rest. They're both traveling the same. It's essentially every so, other night. It's, so it's about as even as it can right. ever get. As opposed to, hey, we just got off a of back to back. We just we got in at three a.m. Okay, because our flight was really like Portland had that issue um, after Dame Lillard scored like his 71 points. They got their flight got delayed and then they ended up just like all sleepwalking through their next. Game. Here's what it is. In the NBA, you're trying to get through the regular season to get to the postseason to be healthy. And then whether you're a five seed or a one seed, teams are like to hell with it. If we're healthy, we think we can make a run in the NFL, especially during your days, Christian. It was get the bye. Because yeah. then we can get healthy. Yeah, get the, to the You know what I mean? Whereas the, what, is, what has happened, unfortunately, in the regular season in the NBA is that's where the managing has gone on because there is no buy. There is no time off to be able to rest or be able to get right and get healthy. So there is a little different mindset psych, uh, psychologically. And we know that in, like, the NHL, I mean, listen, I do think that, you know, last line change, all that kind of stuff, that's where home ice really does matter. It will be interesting. Tonight is fascinating for many different reasons. Not only the Cleveland end of this, but also the, all right, we're a half game behind. Are we going to kick in like a turbo booster? Or is this just another night on the schedule and the Celtics are another one of those teams where they just want to oh, get to the I bet you it has a playoff atmosphere feel. ESPN oh, is here. I agree. They've been covering since. You know, they're going to be uh, you know broadcasting from 3 o'clock on to the game and then afterwards. Fans are going to be hooped up. Speaking of uh, the NBA... Is it an insult to be compared by an NFL GM to the Golden State Warriors? We'll get to that. This is Crash and Fourier on WEEI. Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. That's all I got. 123 aggression foyer here with you. Then you get out of the way. Uh, tomorrow, Andrew Raycroft will be with us at uh, 11 o'clock. So we'll talk some hockey with Razor. Uh, tomorrow night might be the scheduled loss. We'll talk to Razor about that. Scheduled he, loss. He smartened us up to the uh, last game after a big road trip and all that. Mm. And then the first game back at home. Now, I know they play Buffalo, but still, we'll talk with uh, Razor at 11 well, and break down quickly, everything. Bruins, yeah. I'm curious to know like what he would do if he was stuck in Calgary overnight after an unbelievable overtime win, he big emotional like win. If he had 54 saves and they were like, oh, hey, yeah. we're going to stay in Calgary, how hot is that? Would he be like Warren Moon in Kansas City Absolute, and know where to go? I would, I would say <laughs> I, I bet a lot of guys know where to go in that area. Oh, I would, uh, I would think so. So we'll talk to Razor at uh, eleven o'clock tomorrow, and uh, tomorrow is my last day before uh, having a Friday and a Monday off because I'm going to Vegas for the weekend for uh, what will be a massive pay per view, and it will be uh, all over the place with John Jones in the main event. So wonder if I'll see Chandler there. 
Ooh. Well, he plays there, so I would think he'd be rolling around. The, I'm sure he's going to be that. He would think the, the, he would be in the corner. No, it's not a corner, but whatever. No, but the question is, will the other brother, Arthur, be there? I don't know the other brother. Uh, is the other brother like a bad influence? No, he was a big old defensive lineman for the Baltimore Ravens and played in the NFL for, it might have been eight years, maybe. When I might it, be wrong on that. When it comes to um, brothers... Okay, that became professional athletes. Is there another group better than the the Joneses when it comes to okay? Uh, I'm going to put the Watts up against the Boses, and then the Boses up against the Joneses. I mean, I'm trying to think of some the McCordys. Oh, they'd get their butts kicked. I mean, they would. They wouldn't last a second with what all about, those guys. What about the Spielmans? What, what about the Gronkowski's? Oh, they the all Bronx, played in right? the league, right? So, so what brother group ooh. would you pick? This is kind of interesting. I would. I go with the Jones boys. So would I. A because they can always bring in other Joneses and be like, "That's my cousin." Number one, so they can always expand. But Chandler, just it's just the brothers. I just the brothers. Oh, there they go. So, uh, by the way, Arthur Jones, uh, Ravens in 2010, left the league in 2017, playing for the Redskins. So 2010 through 13 with the Ravens, 14 through 16 with the Colts, and 17 with the Redskins. Arthur so Jones. we used to speak with Chandler Jones and the old midday show, the old Glenn Fourier. Long, uh, long time ago. Long, long time, long time ago. ago. And uh, he used to tell some stories about just, you know, the same stories that Gronk would tell with his brothers, how they used to fight and wrestle and all this other stuff. Like, but they would do it like at a professional level as kids. Like high level moves or like or legit moves, arm bar, this, that, and just I can't. I They're can't more tying it up. I used to. I used to sit there because I'm the youngest, and I had uh, you know youngest of four, two older brothers. I used to love saying, "I'm going to tell my brother on you." <laughs> I wait till my brother hears about this, right? My brother, was a, he was a badass, right? But he wasn't the doctor. No, no, not the doctor. Well, the doctor was too. You have another um, brother. Yeah, so, yeah. So you have like a a fighter, a doctor, and an NFL player. Yeah, and so oh my god, <laughs> I remember sitting there going, it was, and it always worked, you know. But my older brothers were nowhere, nowhere near as skilled as these guys. Yep. Can you only imagine? Like, where's isn't Chandler Jones the youngest one? Uh, I feel like he's the younger. Uh, I, I do believe. I do believe so. Imagine that that guy who's Chandler, who's scary on his own, sits there and says, "Wait till you wait till you see my brother." It's pretty oh, what insane. If one of the one of the bosses. I don't know which. What are the Watts? Right? Because oh, there's there you more. Go. There's the Watts. the Watts. They got because they got two that are defensive ends, and they got one that's a fullback. Uh, it looks like Arthur is the oldest. He's thirty-seven. John yep. Jones yep. is uh, thirty-five. And I think Chandler Jones he's is gotta only be, like he's, 33. He's got to be like the that. runt of the litter. Imagine Chandler Jones with those arms and that body. He's and 33, that. yeah. So he is 6'5", 260. His brother, now John Jones, in terms of trying to get, he's fighting at heavyweight. He's also fighting Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon, before coming to UFC, was a world champion kickboxer. He Google Cyril Gaon. He is walking around 6'4", 265, which is like your max at heavyweight. Now, he might cut down a little bit, maybe get into the 250s. He's got the ability to do that, right? But Cyril Gaon is like just naturally walking around 250 pounds. Mm. I would say John Jones, that natural weight, probably 210, 215. Yeah. 
So the wait will be interesting. Yeah, and, but just and, long and just oh, really. God. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking Insane. about it going, those are the only ones that I can think of. Like, we're not talking about, hey, I have a brother who played D1 basketball or whatever. Like, I'm talking about the guy actually made it to a pro level like the other brothers. So the Gronks, the Watts, the Bosa's, the Joneses. I can't think of another one. What the Mannings. <laughs> the, McC- the Mannings would get their ass kicked. The McCordys would get their ass kicked. Somebody said the Klitschko's, but no one no one respects boxing anymore. I don't think there would be a more fearful like group of brothers than That's the Joneses. pretty badass. What I about mean, the Pounceys? Oh, oh, good one. That was whoa, a good one. Whoa, that's a that's a good one. That's, that's they a, got size and attitude. But that's a whole nother level that we're talking there in well, terms a, of. Hey, forget about it. Like, we're just talking no, about I mean, street fight. Wait till you, wait till I get my brother I on. I mean, you. if we're bringing weapons, okay? No, no, no weapons. Pal- but I'll tell you, well, I'd put willingness to get do whatever. Well, I'd I'd put John and Chandler Jones up against the Pouncy Brothers. Well, well because, they're skilled fighters. Well, though. MMA I mean, they, fighters, they, well, they know how to fight. Oh, really? Like the Pounceys aren't skilled I, fighters? There's just a different kind of skill. Well, I would There's say... There's just in the street beat your ass well, versus getting you okay. into an octagon. I would say, would you ever fight... I used to have this stupid, arrogant idea that I could... <sighs> amazing. I like that, it. That I could, uh, if I got into a fight with a wrestler, that I could win. No. No. I used to fight... And, and complain I'm and argue. I'm smarter than that, too. Uh, no, I, no, no. Way. I used to think. But then, nope. then I actually did get in a playful little you know, skirmish with a guy who was a college wrestler. And you realized and that. I got yep. turned into a pretzel yep. in a hurry. He stuck your ding dong in your ear yep. hole. And, yep. says, and I said, thank you, sir. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's no, there's not <laughs> even people, guys who think they can, they're, they're tough. Like, listen, there's a lot of us that are tough. Granted. But being able to take that toughness and then kind of bridge it into an actual art form, that's why I say I'll take the Joneses over the Pounceys any day because they are skillful fighters. And Jones, by default, Chandler Jones, by default, is probably better than most professionals because his older brother probably just by farting around every day. said, hey, <laughs> hey, get out of this hole. No, and I mean, seriously. It was like Billy Lanny in his house. He was just wrecking everybody. So I can't think of another brother duo, but I think the Joneses. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here, uh, here's what Twitch and Text are sending in: the McCowns for sheer volume. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. The they Watt, get their ass kicked. The Watt family, the Mannings. We have what about the Jokic brothers? Okay, now they're right, that's, more. That's a dangerous group right there. They're like the NBA pounces. It feels yes. like, right? Well, the brothers are. The, the, the brothers, brothers are. Yeah, not Jokic himself. No, no. Nikola will go sit and have himself either have but himself the, a dart and then a, a recall on him. You know what? Not hurt his throat. I don't know if the brothers actually ever did anything in professional sports, but Jokic ended up blindsiding somebody. I think it was uh, who was it? He ended up hitting somebody. I think it was the, Marcus Morris. Well, it was one of the Morris brothers. You're right, because the other, the it was either Mark Heath or, or whatever, because the other brother was like chirping, yeah. And then the Jokic brothers were like, "Dude, listen, you don't want any part of this life. We grew up, uh, we grew up with, and bombs were going off. Like, we will rip your head off." And then the argument died. The Morris brothers didn't say anything anymore. They were like, "We're not about that life. These guys are, are real soldiers, like you know, third world." Soldiers, yeah, <laughs> like we're like we're nah, 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 nah. We'll, I'm gonna get a rocket launcher, <laughs> put it on your house. It really is insane. 
Uh, and then there's some who are saying that like John Jones might come in heavier than Cyril Gon. Like Gon was in a 247, I think, for the last couple of fights. A texture jumped in and was like, "Hey, uh, uh, John Jones is walking around at, like 250 now, but it won't look natural." So again, that's the thing. Like to me, I think his, his normal weight, weight distribution is, like that. is a little bit different. All right, so here we go. We have uh, let's see here the somebody, Gracie brothers. Somebody said the Laurinaitis's father, son, and uncle. There's James Laurinaitis, but his dad was also Anna from the Road Warriors. He's dead, so that might be a problem. Now, I'm talking about current oh, yeah. guys right now who are not over the hill, because you could go... Like the Kinsekos are the, over the hill. What about or the, the Matthews? Matthews? Right, okay. somebody sent that in, in as in well. The, the Matthews in their prime, those two, those brothers, and the, obviously Clay Matthews, like former Green Bay Packer at USC Trojan, those guys? Okay, nuts. Some funny people in here. Kane and the Undertaker from WWE. That's fantastic. Oh. How about uh, the How about the Kelsey brothers? The Kelsey brothers. No, they would they back get, away. Travis isn't uh, married yet, so he wouldn't. Well, uh, he wouldn't want his face touched up. No, he's just listen. He's <clears throat> his brother uh, uh, would be like the the anchor <laughs> of this group. We got the Gracie brothers now again. All MMA guys. That's a little different. That's our uh, cauliflower ear rule. Somebody said the Sutter boys from the NHL, uh, Nick and Nate Diaz, again, just they're just MMA guys. We're talking about the kind of uh, either people doing different sports or having other uh, you just have to be You just have to be, obviously, you know, brothers. I mean, it can be three. It can be a group of you guys and more than two, obviously. Well, the Sutters, it, someone said there's like seven of them. Well, um, let me see. I can't think of any other guys. Like, even uh, in, in baseball, I can't even think of anyone in baseball. Not that it would even matter because they would get their ass. Billy? Ripkins. The what? The Ripkins. The dad you know what I'm in, taking in baseball? The Molinas. The Molinas. The, that Three guy. of them shorts, all of them stocky. Oh, yeah. They'll break you down. And they're catchers. So there's got to be exactly. an inherent level of toughness in there to begin with. Pretty interesting. Someone said the Hansons, the Smothers Brothers, <laughs> the Hansons. <laughs> That's a good wow, one. Oh, man. Uh, okay. All the uh, Chicago, uh, the uh, uh, Keith. Kachuk. Kachuk. Thank you. The T is silent. I don't know. Kachuk boys. There hey, you nobody's go. Nobody's saying the Gronks. Where are we putting the Gronks in this? There's a, they got a lot of numbers. They were, they're, you know, knocking okay, each other's teeth muscles. out. Yeah, here's the problem. There's really only one. The other ones are all just hanging on. Well, they all, like, his older brother had a, it was a tight end for the Broncos. His one brother who put, yeah, yeah, yeah. was a fullback. They had, they had cups of coffee in the NFL. Yeah. And then there's, right Dan. Yeah, he's just there. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm the, I'm the other he's got, one. He's got the thirst oh, thing. Oh, yeah, he's like, got the, the shaker the, thing. The shaker. Yep, all that, right? He's got this thing with a ball See, in it. See, I think, ah, <laughs> but I call the a Gronk shaker. I had $49.95. Right? So he pushes all, like, the, the Gronk equipment. <laughs> the Andelmans. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I, I, I got the Joneses all day long. Uh, That's next level fighting. How about the Longs? Jake and Chris? Ooh. I don't know if you throw Howie in there. It's old no, man no, strength. Just the, no, that's a, they, that's a good duo because uh, Chris Long and Jake, they're, they're, they're a tad askew. Thank you very much for that. Right. I like the way you did that. I would, I would put them in the mix. Uh, so anyway, so <laughs> how we got anyway, here, why? Because I said I was going to, uh, Vegas this weekend and I yeah. won't be here Friday. And there is, uh, there is something <laughs> tied into my trip that we will do for, uh, oh, tomorrow we're doing it tomorrow. I just found deal, something no out. Deal. I yeah, just yeah. found something out, which I'm sure a lot of people probably have passionate opinions on. 
I'm not so sure because people I think they do have an idea of of how I operate or at least will like to avoid okay certain situations. So we'll get into it. We will definitely uh, do that tomorrow. The McCordy's last on the list. The McCordy's. <laughs> Jack and Ben Brady. The Vent here's what the Ventrones. Oh yeah, wait. Hold on. Wait a second. Stop it. The Ventrones. Don't even try to sell them. Bubba. Who's the other one? It's Bubba and who else? I don't know. Bocephus? I don't know. No, no, no. Bubba? They're like the warthogs of the group. Like they just you said they're just short and stocky and they don't think too they don't think too well. And they you send them out there first. Now, yeah, one's one interviewed for a head coaching job. He can't what be that brothers. Duh, duh, duh. They played in the league. I know that is true. You like take them and you like whip them around by their feet and you throw them. <laughs> right, it's like grenades. You throw them at the Joneses, and then you throw it at the Watts, and then here come the Boses. So like in Anchorman, when they have yeah. the uh, fight in the alley, there's going to be one sacrificial yep. lamb for uh, brothers, you and do. they just chuck them in there. And listen, I, I think this is we should make a poll out of this. I mean, <laughs> good grief. I think the Watts would be sneaky good, by the way. Oh, here we go. The Giambis. That was one That's that, one. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the group. Uh, there's a lot of these people who I be. don't even know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat and Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even fair. Can you imagine Jackson poor, Mahomes? Poor. poor his brother be getting beat up and the other one to be voguing know, behind him for TikTok or whatever. Get this on tape. Good God almighty. Let's get to... Yeah, play out what we wanted to play. Yeah, all right, break. exactly. Doing a great job of paying it off. Let's get to Rand Carthon. Rand Carthon worked for the San Francisco 49ers for uh, many, many years. He is now the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. And Foyer heard something out of the mouth of Rand Carthon yesterday that has made his mind ran amok. I've always said, and this. My, my own personal philosophy, it's cute, it's sexy to play Golden State Warriors football in September and October when the weather's good, but the teams that are playing in January and into February are teams that play tough defense and teams that are able to run the ball, and so you got to be able to do those things. Golden uh, State what Warriors a, was football. A, how about that? What does that even mean? So what are you saying? So the flashy, soft... You know, you know, body conscious, like, you know, teams in the NFL who don't want to muck it up and get real mean and nasty and like physical. The, like the Miami Dolphins. Like the, I mean, really? Is that really? So I, I it, it made me laugh because there are a lot of people who believe that that style of football, that run it no matter what, can never really take you all the way to the end. It'll take you to an AFC championship game, just like the Tennessee Titans did against the Kansas City Chiefs. But eventually, someone's going to put a bunch of points on you. You're not going to be able to stop them. And then that running game that you rely on is just not going to – you don't have enough time. You don't have to, So you're going to have to throw it because you're going to have to catch up. Then again, you had Philadelphia, who was really good at running the ball this year, who ended up winning an NFC championship and making it to a Super Bowl. Uh, but I will add this. Okay. The way Tennessee runs the football – Old school, big, ginormous back, and we know you know we're going to run it. You know that you know we know we're going to run it, but we're going to do it anyways. Okay. And we're going we're gonna to put a hat on everybody but one guy, and that guy needs to f- determine and figure out if he's willing to take the collision or not and make the tackle. 
Foyer, I don't think you and I are very philosophically different when it comes to the core of football. And I think there's a little bit of the of Rand Carthon there, which is the run the ball, stop the run, win the turnover ratio, play good special teams. If you normally do those four things, you're doing a lot of stuff to be able to make that happen. The kind of other stuff like third down, things like that kind of takes care of itself. Well, let's be real. As much as five years ago, people were just like, passing league, nothing else matters. No. And even the coaches don't completely buy into it because defenses have changed. And it's made it easier now to run on teams. Whereas in your day, and I know that sounds really bad, but 20 years ago, think of the construct of the New England Patriots defense. It was 3-4 where there were six guys who were maybe even seven. They were really more about playing the run than they were playing the pass. Yeah. It was about rushing the passer and stopping the run. Now you got all these light guys in there, and you don't have big, beefy defensive linemen to where you can run the ball once again. Because people say, ah, balance, it doesn't matter. Throw it 60 times a game. That, to me, is what I think Rand Carthon is talking about. Because, again, I heard for a long time, for whether it's national show here or elsewhere I worked, oh, the Arizona Cardinals. Whoa, they're the next big thing. Ooh, they got a little runaround quarterback. Yeah. And, and they a got coach from they got, college. And they got created four the number one wide yeah. receivers. Get the peanut butter out and rub it all over you. And then the coach that gets fired. And now what are they doing? Hey, how can we balance it out? How can we not just be the Golden State Warriors of the NFL? That's the thing. And if you want to try to be the Golden State Warriors of the NFL, then you better have a Patrick Mahomes type. See, I wonder what the Golden State Warriors, how they feel about that comment. What does that, what does that even mean? Here's what, what I mean. What, what, does that, what is that supposed to mean to all the other NFL teams? You're just ripping us for what? Why? why? We, we win championships. Uh, I, by the way, this just in on Twitter. Steph Curry has lined up all his championship rings and flipped off Rand Carthon. That's how, to me, they would respond. Are You Done brings it home next. WEEI. WEEI. New England Sports Original. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Now, it's time for... Are you done? Are, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? You done, right? You done, right? Are you done? Are you done? On Crash and Fourier. Are You Done is sponsored by Unified Office. If you run a business, you know the rough impact the labor shortage can have. On your customer's phone experience, Unified Office specializes in keeping businesses from losing incoming customer calls and revenue. Learn more at unifiedoffice.com. Billy Laney, are you done? I'm not. So we, uh, this past Sunday was the Tyson Fury-Jake Paul fight. I watched it. Okay, and uh, as Illegally. I mentioned, I believe I mentioned on Friday <laughs> how uh, Jake Paul said, if you beat me, I'll double your salary. That's right. And if I win, I take all the money. Mm-hmm. So Tommy Fury wins which means he should be paid double which what he, what he was getting which I believe he was paid 7 million for that. Yes. That was the number. That was Jake Jake Paul came out and said, "Oh, I made 30 million." He made 30. Yeah. So Tommy Fury was getting 7 million, should be getting 14 million. 
but uh, won't be getting the money because Tommy never signed the contract. Oh, jeez, of course he did. Telling didn't. you, so his father came out bellyaching, saying that, "Hey, you shook on it." Like they have footage of them at the press conference, obviously shaking hands on the bet. So now Tommy Fury's father, John, who manages him or trains him, uh, is looking for the money. Really? Now, I He's mean, like, you didn't sign the contract. What are you going to do? Yeah, you got to be a man of your word, right? You got to—it's a gentleman's like uh, you know agreement. Like that's you know, father, where's your that, honor at? That's the father's argument. You shook hands on it. That should be enough. Yeah, how was that playing out on the other camp, though? Which I mean, one, I'm, I'm sure they're going to say the same thing. You didn't sign anything. Uh, anything. I haven't seen anything from the uh, Logan Jake Paul side of anything. See, that's the thing is that the Paul brothers—they're in business with scuzzy people to begin with, who don't treat them fairly right. or respect them at all. So. To think that uh, Tommy Fury is going to be treated with respect by people who think they're the A side of this? Get the hell out of here. What a joke. Are you done? I am done. done? Billy's done. Chicken Nick, you done? I'm not. Time for a kind of creepy story. I'm just going to (laughs) read you the headline I saw in the Daily Mail. All righty then. Police in Peru sees an 800-year-old mummified human from a former delivery man who claimed it was his, quote, girlfriend and even slept with it in his bed oh god no wait no slept with it in the bed or slept with it no there's no comma it's just it slept (laughs) with it in the bed this is 26 year old dude he claims that this mummy has been in his family for 30 years so before he was even born and he claimed it was his girlfriend yeah. Okay. I, I don't. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to do with that because. Wait, so in uh, his family, meaning like somebody in his family before had like robbed the tomb and took it. Ah, so they have oh. like ownership of it. I thought it meant like it was passed down from generation to no, generation it's to be. Old, they've had it for 30. fondled accordingly. Wait, eight hundred years. Yeah, wouldn't it fall apart? Who's who's proving no, that? Mummified, Greg. Who's proving no, that? No, but don't don't they won't they eventually like poof or break or turn oh, to dust or whatever? Eight yeah. hundred years. I don't know. Mummification doesn't work like that. There's yeah, been like 7,000-year-old tombs that have mummies in them. I don't know. Well, yeah, the mummies are in them, but, but they're in the tomb. And when you take yeah, them out and the weird. air hits it, the oxygen hits that's it, they, they usually just... They, they, that's what I wonder. It's like grown trees, Nick. Yeah, Remember, we went through that. One every year. One every year. That's are right. Are, are you done? Are you done? By I'm the done. way, just quickly, a uh, texter says, uh, before you leave, can you post your uh, parlay? Go to Gresh uh, 4AWEEI. Or at the real Gresh, I put today's uh, lunchtime parlay up there on Twitter. Foyer, you done? Just a couple ones. Though. The other one that somebody mentioned was the Harbaugh brothers. Oh, you mean the uh, we're going back to the brothers yeah, deal? Yeah, the, brothers, oh, the uh, Harbaugh brothers. The brothers. Uh, who I, is it? I see the Maguires on there. However, ooh, I got one. Okay, no, go ahead. You no, go I was gonna say a uh, quick poll between uh, you and Billy. Better Maguire brothers. Dan and Mark McGuire, who played in the NFL and MLB, or Billy and Benny McGuire, the 800-pound fat asses that rode the tiny bikes in the Guinness Book of World Records. The tiny bike guys. How many home runs do those guys hit? (laughs) I'm sure they hit a lot. How about the Shannon and Sterling Sharp? That's a Texas Texas set that one. one. That's a pretty good one. Those guys are still jacked up. My brother, I'll beat you up. That's the only one. That's the only one I got, and that's it. That's it? That's all I got. Oh, the Wahlbergs. How about them? How about those brothers? 
What do I need? Want to eat a burger or a, uh, or a good song? Yeah, no, or, the fake tough guys. Yeah, or, I was just going to say. That's another list. Fake tough guys that are brothers. If I need a burger or a billion dollars, a billion dollar estate or something like that, I know that uh, that's where you could term. You know, not a lot of times do I uh, either crow or even really talk about unless it is a funny story about my alma mater, the University of Rhode Island. However, and Foyer, this will hit you in the heart as well. For a second time, the Atlantic 10 Women's Basketball Coach of the Year is Tammy Reese down at URI. Uh, guided URI to the most wins in a single season with 23, the most A-10 wins with 14, first ever back-to-back 20-win seasons, regular season Atlantic 10 co-champions. Pretty good. Tammy Reese has done an unbelievable job, and I know you know the women's college basketball world. She's, uh, listen, I hope to God almighty Thor Bjorn, the athletic director, can find a way to keep her down there. Not that for anything else that, like, it's good for URI. You have a winning program. Let's try to keep the coach and all that. But congratulations to Tammy yeah. Reed, who's just kicked ass yeah. down and, there. And, and, and just so you guys know, 20 is a lot in women's basketball. A lot. And to do it back-to-back the years. same in my daughter's division, uh, what is it, the uh, Vermont women's basketball team. She America was, East, right? American East. Like, she just, well, they, uh, she was coach of the year. I can't remember her name. Uh, but, yeah, 20 wins. That's like that's the like real the standard. That's, mm-hmm. that's like an accomplishment. And Rhodey women's basketball has never been that good. Never, never, never. So congratulations to uh, Tammy Reese. She is kicking ass down there. That is it for me and Foyer. One more Chicken day, Nick and Billy produced it. If something went wrong, blame them. Andrew Raycroft will join us at 11 o'clock tomorrow. We'll have a big Celtics game to unpack. I'm sure more from the Combine. And Fourier is going to put me in the crosshairs of big deal, no big deal. That's it for us. Jones and Mego are next. Fourier and I'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m.